Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. Role-playing inspiration can come from anywhere, and we use our side quest to explore TV shows, movies, books, and other RPGs that influence our playstyle and storytelling. Whether we draw from intriguing plot points, amazing characters, or, well, you know, just kind of geek out about it, it should be a fun trip, and we're glad you came along for the ride. Here's a message from friends of the show. What up, Nerd Nation? Steve here from the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, or DNA for short, your go-to podcast for all things nerd culture. You want to know fun facts about the latest movies? Done. Interested in a new hobby? We've got you. Have questions and want to hear from the experts? Say no more. Join me and my crew every week to hear about our latest takes on everything nerdy and go on a few tangents on the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, where we know it's not just a hobby, it's hereditary. Welcome, everybody, to today's side quest. So hopefully everybody out there listening to today's episode has taken the time to listen to our uh, three podcast extravaganza featuring the host of the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, the host of the 19 Hits the Dragon podcast, and us, because... Man, was it a stinking good time. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should pause the recording right now. Mm. Go listen to that uh, six hours worth of recording because this next hour is going to be super spoilerific of that actual play. We have uh, Steve and Mike from Dads with Nerdy Ambitions and 19 Hits the Dragon in the house tonight. We are going to do a little retrospective of this uh, this Halloween uh, triple feature. Uh, so joining Lou Anika and Glenn and myself, uh, Steve, Mike, how are you this fine evening? I'll let you start off, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm pumped to talk about uh, this game again. We had a a blast playing it. So uh, yeah, excited say, to chat about it too. This is we're not dropping dice tonight. You guys look paralyzed in fear when I called on you. Like that was, you know, so, I, yeah, I have no reason to fear Josh this evening. Okay, let me just yeah, no, not say tonight. that to myself a yeah. few more times yeah. and eventually uh, I'll start believing it. It, it. No, it was. It was a blast. First off, it, thank you for having us back. Dolly, awesome to be back here and absolutely excited to talk about this. I know immediately the day after you know, after we recovered from sleep deprivation, <laughs> uh, being able to just sit there and after it was all done, sitting there and messaging Lee Winika and you, Josh, and saying, man, how badly do you guys want to talk to people about this? And yeah. like everybody was just like, oh, my God, I want to talk about this so yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that it's out there now and we get to look back on it, it, it was a blast to do. It's it's a different system. And. It's simpler than I would say D and D on a lot of aspects, but it, mm-hmm. it, it has mm-hmm. its complexities in other areas. Uh, but I I really did enjoy it, and 
I can't wait to talk about it. We're going to yeah, get into the sure. details of the system here. Yeah, in a second, for Just sure. Yeah, Something to, uh, to follow up on what you said there, Steve. I was, uh, even after the sessions of playing it, I was geeking out to my spouse about it and being like, I want to talk to you about this, but I also want you to listen and experience the horror yeah. yourself. I was too. <laughs> I, want, I, like, I have so many people that were like, because they'd see me and they come into, I, I would go to work the next day and they're like, wow, Steve, you look tired. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. what happened? I can't tell you. I want you to go listen to it so badly. And I have a lot of friends that are like Xenomorph fans. So it was my wife really wants to listen to it with me too, but she's like, I'm not sure if I should because she's got like an overactive imagination. She doesn't watch horror films or anything like that because she gets nightmares. And she's like, I won't be able to go anywhere in the dark without you for like a month. She's gonna give it a shot during the day while we're painting. She's just yeah, yeah, for sure with all the lights on. Yeah, right. The, the, I'm going to get into the atmosphere that of, of the game when we talk about it too, because that's definitely something that uh, when I was doing the editing, that was apparent to me that I was I was nervous about. But that's a separate issue altogether. So the veil of silence around the game was for me one of the hardest parts about it. This it was really was absolutely yeah, 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 so much sure. fun, and it what was hard was this is the first time I played in a new system where I thoroughly bought in, enjoyed it, and got it almost completely right off the rip. Yeah. Oh, from episode, from the first episode, like, first recording like, session. Like, right yeah. on. It was such yeah. an easy system to learn, and it was so mm-hmm. nice. narratively freeing. Like, I felt personally that I was able to really expand all the things I talk about and like to do with characters in this role. And I got the impression that I was one of three or one of four total that felt the same. Like, like, wow, I got to do some shit here that pardon my language that I have probably never had the opportunity to do in a game setting before. And while a large yeah, part of that, that was the crew we collected for this, you guys were amazing to role play with. Um, I, I cannot say enough about having you guys at a sharing a table with you, sharing dice virtual or otherwise Someday, pandemic, when it's gone, the five of us got to get together somewhere, some kind of place, some kind of how. Totally. Because this yeah. was a, this game was such a bonding moment. <laughs> I really was. Yeah, I was, I was saying that to Mike the other day. That sometime, some convention somewhere, we're gonna have mm-hmm. to get together. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and 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 have, get have dinner or something like that. You know, figure, right. figure yeah. this out. Um, but um, I, I will echo what you said, Luanika, too. That like. Uh, or play an in-person man. game. Crazy yeah, oh, what crazy talk? What was this? Was the same person? <laughs> in-person <laughs> tabletop RPGs. Man, I got to tell you, with role players like you guys, running the game was so easy. Like you know, Steve, you, you and I were talking about that about that at one point. You're like, how do you even like put something this like this together? I'm like, dude, my entire job in this in, in this whole thing is I just got to build a frame and then let you guys go wild. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I built some walls and sometimes you'd get a little close to the wall and I'd like kick you back into play. But that was all that I had to do the entire time. What? You like, mean me shooting the girl in the back of the head was uh, dude, a little too easy? We will get to that in a minute because, you know, number one cardinal rule is never surprise your DM like that, right? Like that's I do. All right. The go ahead. funny is that didn't surprise me. Like I saw that. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, I thought I was doing my character. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When he was like, I want to try and do two things with this role, and then manipulate. I'm like, yeah, he's about to fucking bust a cat. Yeah, in there. nope, nope. Uh, I, sorry, I, I, 
And I'm going to be surprised by all of it. (laughs) Well, after a certain point, because I mean, I was only in the first recording session, and then for any of y'all out there, half of you was in the second one too. So I mean, well, and apparently half of me made it through the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Half of you made it through the whole story. So, all right. So the first thing that I would like to do tonight is for everyone listening to the game, uh, so that they can go ahead and put a voice to the voice. Uh, I'd like us all to go around the room uh, and introduce who we played during the miniseries here. So um, obviously uh, I was the the one pulling the levers and pushing the buttons uh, behind the screen here, convincing these fine gentlemen to uh, to turn off their lights and turn on their air conditioners so they got the proper atmosphere in their own space. Like that was uh, uh, that that was that was uh, that was my idea, and I really appreciate you guys going with me on that one too. That was pretty awesome. Uh, I'm just going to go around the room here as I see it here. So, uh, Liwanika, uh, who did you play? As if anybody is unaware of who you played. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, my name is Liwanika, and I played the role of Liron Sam. I, I'm the roofnik from uh, down there in the bayou, and uh, I, I'm the one that uh, my goal was to keep the whole crew safe. Like, I got to keep everybody together and keep them safe and make sure everybody gets out alive. Um, I didn't. Yeah, like, <laughs> How'd that work out for you? I, I got I got about half of them okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in the, uh, uh, and I'm not sure if you guys remember this or not, but in like in the session zero bits, this is really funny. So in the session zero bits, I we have recordings of uh, the agendas that you were all given at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does everybody remember what their agendas were? I do. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. Ah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lee Winiko, what was what was Liron's? His was basically to just do a good job, keep the crew together, and keep everybody safe. Like I cared about everybody. everybody safe. Home exactly. Yeah. He was that the, was yeah. the only true about. chaotic good character yeah. in this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Th- that was the toughest thing, as honestly with with, with Liron is um, because in the editing, every time you talk. I start bursting out in laughter, which really ruined the mood. <laughs> like cutting out my laughter definitely helped the horror vibe of the entire thing. Let me put it that way. So, all right. Uh, so, uh, Glenn, who who did uh, who did you play? I played Kayla Rye, one of the uh, one of the technicians, a roughneck on the Montero. Um, her agenda was to find some way to come out of this new mission, make it a little bit of extra money because she's desperate to try to help her brother. Yeah. Basically family issues at home. And so that was kind of the, like the, um, I totally appreciate uh, and thank you for taking care of yourself <laughs> in yeah. this process. Um, and uh, man, it was it was a bummer that that dynamic wasn't uh, necessarily present because I think that you and Wilson could have had some very interesting uh, oh, I, conversations. I got, I, got, I got some stuff yeah. here after in a second. Yeah. Well, we yeah, had already had a couple of really interesting conversations. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have no it idea. Have, it could have expanded oh. very nicely. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. So, Mike. Who were you? Uh, yeah, so I'm Mike. Uh, I played Leah Davis, the pilot. Uh, Leah's initial agenda was to basically to make this trip an interesting trip, to not have a boring trip. Um, and I think I succeeded in that. Yeah, well, it was not if boring. I'm being honest, yeah. So. Yeah. Good job, good job. Our, our, our resident junkie and pilot extraordinaire. Because some of yes, pilot yeah, Leah, Leah is a uh, an addict and a thrill seeker. 
um, not only a, a pill junkie, but an adrenaline junkie as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of the piloting roles that you made uh, were insane. Like, yeah. Super clutch piloting. That's also something that came through. And when we get, when we start talking about the system, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but in general, the roles that you guys pulled off were insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, well, we'll get into that in a minute here. But uh, <laughs> uh, all right, um, <clears throat> Mr. Pugh, would you introduce your character? Yeah, last but not least, the uh, the greatest and the best of the show. this man. If you can't tell, my name's Steve, and I played uh, the corporate liaison, John Wilson. My agenda... <laughs> Uh, but I was the bad guy. I was, my agenda was to get you started as the bad guy. You agree knows no bounds. I, and yeah. I, 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 dude. Yeah. Like everything I did was legitimately in self-interest. It was to get whatever the assets were that were on the ship that I could find of value. Uh, originally befriend the crew. Uh, you skipped the befriend part. You just like boop, hopped right over that fence. <laughs> You, uh, I actually, I did a lot of background stuff with Josh, with the characters you had, you guys, like me and him were talking a lot on the back because John has all those connections to Waylon Yutani. So I treated him like Waylon and I said, Hey, I need pills. I need drugs for Davis and I need money for Rye. And I had $10,000 put aside to help manipulate you. Oh, you would have succeeded then if we got I would have that succeeded. Far. That was you the goal. Have. Like that's what when I kept yeah. saying we're gonna talk was me trying to get aside and be like, I Hey, mean, here's ten thousand dollars. Be my best friend. Probably, she'd probably he, still have been bitchy to you, but she'd probably. have been cooperatively bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the other thing with Wilson, and again, when when uh when I finish up the uh the session zero uh information and bring that out to you guys and uh, play that for you guys, what you'll also learn is that not only did Mr. Wilson get an agenda as far as like his personal driver, there had been references kind of throughout the actual play to special we'll order nine sixty six. Special Order 966 was a corporate directive from Wayland Yutani that was basically we're putting we have put your ship on a collision course with the USS Kronos, which has been lost for 75 years. Recover whatever xenomorphic material you can on board and come back to Earth through any means necessary. <laughs> so <laughs> I was the bad guy, man. So from I the very beginning, beginning yeah, awful. It, yeah. legitimately yeah. the last episode, me being as heroic as I was had zero intent like if there's so much stuff like i was going to do and it just happened to work out that i couldn't do the things that i wanted to do and i had to look like a good guy yeah i had no intent on keeping any of you guys alive no nope. whatsoever mm-hmm. right. how many people all lived? exceptionally dispensable just um, the three so of actually the three of you did yeah. but, yeah. but all yeah. the npcs were killed every single one yep Every single NPC died. I killed um, yeah. um, Miller, Miller died Hell, in the second episode. Yeah, yeah, you did, several, buddy. Because mm-hmm. so let, let's so the the module that we played was actually was a was a canned module that was put out by Free League Publishing, who publishes yeah. the Aliens game. Um, the module was called Chariot of the Gods, and. Now that the yeah. now that it's over, I can kind of fill you in on on what was going on here. So, as I said, Special Order Nine Sixty Six had put the Montero while you all were in cryo sleep. Order Nine Sixty Six comes through. Mother rerouted your ship to where it had determined the Cronus was, which is why when you got there, you couldn't find the station to to relay to because 
It wasn't there. It wasn't there. You were light years away from where you needed, where you thought you wanted to be. Right. And so the crew of the Cronus were, what was left of the crew of the Cronus were in cryosleep, but that ship had basically been taken over by, um, by xenomorphic abominations and had killed the majority of the crew. And the ones that had been, that were still alive were alive because of an inoculation that um, their chief scientist had, uh, had made, had, had fabricated. Um, The problem is that the inoculation didn't work for whatever reason, but basically the inoculation was faulty. Right. Um, And it turned them ultra violent. So uh, that's why like Leron, that's why one of them tried to push you down the air scrubber shaft. Um, That's why um, was it, was it, Oh, that's why John's tried to stab you uh, Leah is, is because uh, you know, the the XO of the Cronus, but basically all of a sudden like manufactured this knife and came after you. That's why is because they don't have, they came after, uh, after Leron. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. 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 Both of them came after Leron, and he, yeah, he yeah, dealt with yeah, both yeah. of them. Um, and so, you know, uh, kill, killing them was the right was the right idea. The only yeah. one that you didn't have to kill was actually the Colonial Marine, but that's why. But but that's why the the other NPCs. And so then in the third act, basically, Mother and Wayland Yutani has determined that that the Montero has either failed at doing what they're supposed to do or is incompetent. Um, and so a third ship, a third ship, the Sotillo um, gets dispatched. And, the, and basically the Sotillo is a, is a corporate marauder ship. Their job was basically to get on board, steal yeah, whatever's right. there, kill whoever's there and get out. Unfortunately, what they did not expect was that there was a, a modicum of resistance, um, but basically they get so they get chewed up by the aliens. While you guys are basically held up in the bridge watching this all happen, they're getting chewed up by the aliens. Um, <laughs> Davis was watching this all happen on yeah, the heads up display. On the heads up display, like, <laughs> describing the yeah. horrible um, thing she was seeing. LeBron's over there yeah. trying to beat a door open. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every day, leg day. <laughs> That's a, um, and I, I will say, um, uh, please make sure at the end of episode three, um, uh, you guys here and uh, and everybody listening, at the very end of episode three, um, there is uh, uh, like a post-credit scene with nothing but bloopers from the three actual play recording scenes. Okay. So make sure you check that out because uh, I – boy, there was, there was some real – wonderful comedic material um that did not fit the aesthetic and i absolutely kept it as blackmail so uh (laughs) do not fear um i i I do it to liwanika and glenn all the time too we've got our holiday bloopers episode coming up Mm. i I literally have like three gigabytes of bloopers from all of our episodes over the last year that we get back together into one blooper episode last year's blooper episode was a lot of fun too and he's Um, an audio squirrel he saves everything I told, I, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in like multiple places. But let's let's talk a little bit about sort of uh, sort of the gameplay. And we kind of alluded to this earlier where we talked about, um, you know, man, the, the chops that you guys brought to the game, you were all willing to get right in there with me. And I think that that was a, that was a super critical thing. And I, I wasn't – what I was really nervous about kind of going into the editing on this is whether or not the environment that we were able to recreate in the game – was going to come across on audio. And I really think that it does, you know, but I, I just wanted to say, first of all, that I appreciate you guys kind of going with me when I was like, okay, turn down your lights. We're in space. It's dark blowing my air conditioner. It was probably about 58 degrees in my room here. as I was, as I was trying to go through this here, um, cause we were recording on like a Tuesday night at like what nine to 11 on Tuesday nights. <laughs> yeah. or whatever like that. So 
what what did you guys later. think about kind of about the format and how how did you guys feel about like how the gameplay went and everything like that? I liked it. I I liked it a lot. Uh, one of the things I really really liked is how it's easy to be meta in this game. Yep. How it's easy to be oh. your character. Like in D and D, you 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 do your teams. You you know you don't want to be the murder hobo. You don't want to be the looter. You 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 kind of want to keep the team as PG and or as peaceful as possible. In this, it was easy to be our characters and role play them in a way where. If I shot Davis, Mike wasn't going to hold that against me because he knew that's what my character would would have done. <laughs> right, um, right. He knows I'm manipulating him. He's like, <laughs> you're doing your character. So the, this is it, it was yeah. easy to stay yeah. in character with it. Um, it flowed really well. It was very it, it wasn't a lot of difficulty to cool. to play this yeah. and to play our characters. And I, I at least in my from my side, I was like, OK, mm-hmm. I get to be a dick. And, no, everybody, <laughs> and everybody interacted so well. And I mean, yeah, honestly, that's so that's, well. That's part of the joy of sitting down to a table with such experienced and capable role players is that ability to say, okay, I'm going to play my character and know that mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Somebody's not attacking you. You know, it's, it's, it's part of the game. Right. Mm. Uh, and you got to kind of be careful with that, especially when, when you're newer, because otherwise you can wind up in a situation where people are yeah. mad. But when you can, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we, t- we talk about that a lot in, in yeah. kind of on our show about how um, the concept of party unity, right? Right. That, that you kind of, that when you're sitting down, like the social contract sort of says, we're sitting down to play a game. We're all on the same side. We're all doing the same thing. And that, that rule was a lot looser this, in this game. Than, Much fuzzier. Than for is. sure. Yeah. The game's kind of designed uh, well, to dog each other out to a degree. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Free League did an amazing thing with this game. They had two types of games you could play. You can play campaign style, where a lot more of what you're talking about there would have been by necessity involved. Or you can play yep. the, the the cinematic style, so you're doing one movie. And if you're doing one right. movie, we don't have to keep this together for months and months and months. We are doing one movie, right. and we're all fans of movies. We're all fans of Aliens. We're all fans of this genre in part as a whole. So we all knew what it takes to turn out a good movie. So we were able to inhabit yeah, we movie characters in a way that you can't inhabit a television show that's going for seven seasons. You can't have that yeah. much growth in the first four episodes when you're talking about mm-hmm. uh when you when you're when you're talking about a television show. But in a movie You've got to get all your growth in 35, 40 minutes because you've got to start 35 minutes of growth and then you've got to end. And for some characters, your end could come at any time. So you're literally doing things at a different pace. The choice to make it the cinemagraphic style helped us figure out what we needed to do to make a great game for ourselves as players. Pardon the phrase, and this is not meant to down any of our listeners on any of the channels, but audience be damned. We played a game and had fun. We hope you all uh, liked it too. We do hope the listeners yeah. enjoyed it, but also <laughs> you. we had fun. That's what's important. Um, one thing that made that really easy to, to do as well, though, I think is just the, the way that 
they present the characters and the agendas to you. They don't give you a whole lot of text to, you know, tell you who the character is, but they give you just enough and it's just juicy enough that you can take that information and go go ham with it do whatever you want to do and take it however you want to take it and end up playing a character that may be very different from what you are used to in other tabletop rpgs but it's still going to be true to that person um and going to fit the story that you're telling with the rest of the, the table as well so yeah i'm glad you guys enjoyed it i mean that was that was it was by design going to be something that we were releasing as a product. You know, I know that uh, getting ready to run these sessions every night, like I still got like those jitters about like, like, oh man, like, you know, like I know what I'm going to be doing here, but I've got two hours to go ahead and like sprint through these three acts <laughs> in this particular night. So uh, whew, I hope that, uh, I hope that they, that they strap in. And I love that, you know, again, even though we kind of broke it up over what, three or four different sessions, mm-hmm. um, like short sprint sessions, <laughs> You guys went right into character. You were you were in from the minute that we said go, and that was that made that made kind of orchestrating this uh, really really easy. Uh, you did a few things, Josh, as a storyteller that were not necessarily part of the module uh, that I think made it very easy to really get into the character. Uh, when we did our individual breakouts, and 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 you said, <laughs> "Okay, tell me a story about when you were really scared." That's the one I got. Uh, I don't know what anybody yeah. else got because I've not listened to any of the individual breakdowns yet. I'm actually waiting. <laughs> yeah. to, I want to watch it. Then do, do, I want to. I want to listen to the whole thing, and then I want that yeah. that fan experience. But when I had to tell my story, what I was really uh, afraid of, and I just took what was on these two pieces of paper that I'm holding in my hands. You know, like Mike said, there's not a lot to it. Right, just juicy mm-hmm. enough to give you something to go with. So you had elements to incorporate into what you did. Um, and I started yeah. telling the tale. I had all these crazy thoughts going through my head, and I was just thinking about what is the what is the scariest movie I think I had ever seen, other than Alien. And to me, yeah. that was Jaws. That was at the time, right? So oh. I was like, what was the best part, the most menacing, dramatic part of Jaws? And that was the Indianapolis scene at sea right before the end of the movie where they talk about all the sailors went into the water. So I said, how can I tell that kind of story through this character? And that's basically what I did. I I basically did my take on the Indianapolis scene, uh, except I used the Bayou and the Gators. And then because I'm a big fan of predator, I threw in all kinds of nice little predator vibes. And, uh, and that's kind of what I did. I just riffed off of that and went with it. And before it was like that process solidified the character in my head, like that told me between what I read a little bit with the stats in this game system that I never played before. And that tale that I had to tell in that character voice, I knew and I locked into that character. The second night I had to listen to his voice a little bit to make sure I had it back. And then I never Mm -hmm. listened to it again. I just was able to do it. I was just in that at all times. And it's like, now I have to catch myself to not do that voice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trouble with Melissa after a while. Yeah, um, she's, not ha- she's not as happy with that voice as I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go home um, and home and so, and 
<laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> wait, wait. Can you? So, Limanika, earlier you had you had mentioned it. You'd mentioned the system that Free League developed for this game, and that was kind of the next thing that I wanted to go ahead and talk about here because I think that the way that the system uh, was built, and I'm I'm, I'm going to give a kind of a real surface level preview of the system. And then I want you guys to talk about how you saw it as, as players. The system was so integral to building up that feeling of the game. I think, you know, um, but the whole concept behind the system is it's a D six based system. Uh, and you have two pools of dice. You have your regular roll dice, which basically allow you to go ahead and roll against your, your statistics. And you have to hit like a, like a, like a DC rating, you know, as challenges get harder. Um, and you also have a stress pool and the way that the stress, pool basically works is that if you fail on a particular roll you can roll again but every time you do that you add one stress to your stress pool um and if you start rolling ones on your stress pool which of course the odds of you going of uh, the odds of you rolling ones on your stress pool go up the more stress dice you're rolling um that's when bad things start to happen and and panic is induced and all that sort of stuff uh mike i I loved your tweet you know uh, it was like after this after game session (laughs) okay you know this is not a good thing to hear from your storyteller okay i'm going to explain how panic works (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, like uh, things that you love to hear from your gm yeah Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's how the um, panic mechanic works in this game. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're Lee Winika, who gets like seven stress dice and doesn't right. roll a one. That's exactly. So we're gonna start with I, I can here because explain that. you need to explain yourself, sir. Yeah, like uh, tell us what. Tell us crap. how you manage this. This was because this is amazing. You, we we talked about how some of the piloting roles that Leah made were clutch fixed. and amazing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Tell us about this here. Like, this is, you beat the game. You beat the system. <laughs> he beat the system. So, what I realized, one, was that with Lerone, Lerone in specific, I roll a lot of dice. And I roll them on specific types of challenges. So, I literally found ways to do mainly those challenges. Stick with what you know kind of concept. Early in the game, I actually tried to avoid pushing. Like, if I failed at something, I just failed it. I didn't worry about it too much. Unless it was a life or death mm-hmm. thing, and then the whole "I got to save my crew" would I would always push it if it was to save a crew member or create that situation. As I was adding stress die, I also realized that I rolled a lot of ones, but but whenever I rolled a one on the stress die, I would push it and then roll out of the stress yeah. or roll out of the one. Yeah, and that's that's basically yeah. what I did. But because I would do that. I would keep getting more stress die. So I was rolling yeah. huge numbers. <laughs> and at the end, I had a ton of stress, but I was also getting ridiculous successes because I was rolling yeah. eight, nine, ten die at a shot. And then any time how, how I many stress did you wind up stress die, I, I think at one point, and something happened at one point where I lost stress because I did panic at a certain point and I took off running. Yeah. And, and then I had came back from <laughs> Yeah, you did. One Towards point, the ship. I think yeah. I at one point I was rolling equivalent stress die to the eight I was rolling on some of those strength bases. I was rolling okay. like sixteen yeah. down. Yeah, but again, uh, I just would roll out of it. Like I said, it's like I'm already rolled a one. That's bad. Might as well push it and see if I can roll out of it. What's the worst I'm going to do? Yeah. Roll another one. <laughs> yeah, roll roll more ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I and because I do remember uh, your your panic was woefully inopportune. Uh, it was oh, yeah. it was as you were I trying was to bust dumb. out of the bridge when you got locked on the bridge. Oh Isn't yeah, that yeah, the yeah. best kind. 
uh, I mean, basically ran, like jumped out of the frying pan into the fire sort of panic. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was kind <laughs> of amazing. So, I was so yeah. concerned about Cham and in the end as we were running to uh, to the ship. I'm like, we've all made it this far. He's not going to heck and die. <laughs> he busted up his moment. ankle. Like, like, I'm going to make sure. <laughs> Yeah, which is like, why I like up. turned around and like shot at the the creature that he was fighting with. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm at least going to do something to help so that he can get out of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then well, I'm going to run. Yeah. <laughs> I really that was my See, moment. I, and if I was going to go, it was going to be run, run, save the crew. I like, I was like, that was my heroic moment. Like, I'm, this is where I die. <laughs> kind of thing, you know. There was no crew left. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna Bryce lie Wilson and davis that's it yeah. yeah yeah davis i'm or mike i'm not even gonna lie when you said i'm turning around to save him i legitimately <laughs> contemplated shooting you in the leg as extra bait <laughs> and there was so many i even went back when we went back and li- uh, went back and listened to the episodes i was like man i should have done this instead i mean but like, obviously <laughs> we're in the moments and everything but i was like but i contemplated it i legitimately like i'm gonna save him i'm like I'm going to sacrifice you and I'm going to keep on going. Yeah. What's hilarious is that, I mean, you, Wilson wouldn't have known, but you, Steve knew that yeah. I had the thing you needed in my backpack. So if you had shot yeah. me, you did not succeed in your mission at all. Yeah. Other than yeah. to survive. Yeah. Right. That's right. Cause yeah. you had the inoculate in your backpack. Ooh, yeah, the goose, goose the, uh, yeah. the a whatever bunch yeah. of letters and numbers. So yep, that, yep. That, that was the that was the inoculate. Oh, that was the inoculate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> God, I'm so glad. Yikes. I even contemplated whether or not we should take it. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, we should probably not take it. Yeah. I should. Yeah, no, I, my, my plan if we had gone any further was to send it out of the airlock. So yeah. because yeah, I was, so was not you. bringing that back to. Uh, Glenn, what about your thoughts? I know that you had kind of limited interaction and you didn't get to deal with a lot of the stress type at that, but what did, what were your feelings on the mechanics and the way that the system flowed? So I didn't get to the point where I actually had stress, but I did really enjoy the way that it was designed. And I like that option that, you know, you can push it, but you're going to stress yourself out if you keep pushing it. That That's a really, really cool mechanic. But a lot of my enjoyment of the game, I'm going to deviate because, you know, the mechanics just got seriously yeah. discussed. Uh, a lot of my enjoyment of the game in that first session, Josh, and... Uh, I got to, I've got to prop your storytelling style, not just in terms of how you, how the game was written, but how you ran your dramatic pauses, um, <laughs> how you modulated your voice, how you suggested turning down the lights, how you tried to set the atmosphere. Yeah. I've played in a lot of games in my lifetime. That is the only time playing any horror style game that I truly felt suspense and kind of on the edge of my seat in a game before. I mean, it was awesome. And that cool. was, that's what I enjoyed the most. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that that came across because again, that's like, again, that's one of those things that as, as someone that's like running the table, like you kind of have this cockamamie idea, like, man, I wonder if I can just get them all to just turn down their lights, you know, just, just be with me in this moment for these next two hours. Cause it's one of those things that it's either going to be amazing or it's, or it's going to be awful. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be cheesy. And it was really like all of us were in and I think, one of you did it first and I was like, yeah, actually I was going to ask you all to do that. I think it might've been, it was either you or Steve or Mike like turned your lights yep. on first. Yeah. It was Steve. I think it was Steve. And I was kind of going to segue off of Glenn there for a sec or not a piggyback off of him. 
we've are, are all familiar with alien and anybody who's probably listening to listen to it has some type of, so how do you make a game that, you know, is a horror game that is designed for where you're likely not to survive and you know mm-hmm. what the monster is. How do you make it scary? And how yeah. do you get yourself into character with that? There were moments it, legitimately. There were moments where I'm like, Oh man, yeah. what am I going to do? And like, we would get yeah. tensed up. But like crap. Like it's when yeah. Leonika's character was going through the to to find rise body and yep. i'm like don't do it don't yeah. do it don't yep. do it <laughs> so done. like there were there were oh, three yeah. times well four times actually when it was all said and done i was convinced that was the moment that was the moment like when yeah. i suggested <laughs> that the um the uh sergeant go first and he said no i'm gonna go first and like my characters he's not combat right so he's not going to realize that he's putting himself in significant danger when i turned to walk i actually thought to myself this is the moment very similar to when i (laughs) typed in our little chat that this is steve plugs uh the other uh agent (laughs) and hit that button i had typed down this is where i die just so i could hit send yeah so everybody knew i as a player saw it coming right uh, right. and uh-huh. yeah. Have, yeah, you know, but that's I mean, part of what built convinced. that heightened anticipation. I was yeah. convinced oh, and that I was, was it. I'm like, oh man, that's it. Like it's oh, one man. roll. And then, yeah. <laughs> one roll. Yeah. I can hear the frustration yeah. in Josh's voice oh, too. Totally, you I, such stupid luck. Oh, such yeah. stupid. Again, at just uh, the uh, right uh, times. Uh, it's like it's like that was the first time. Um, I'm trying to think. No, that's right. You had been attacked once already. Yeah. And and been, it, he'd it, been dispatched. Like you right? tried but, to get Laron Le- like four, legitimately yeah. four times. Wow. I, I like mm-hmm. I got to the point that it became a game for me to see if I could get you. Yeah, I got tried to push down the shaft. Yeah. Uh, then I crawl yep. through the ducks yep. looking for uh, my dead partner, which was like guaranteed, guaranteed, absolute death. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. Before, so, don't don't you you can't get take all not. the credit here. Poor. Poor Mike over here had two. <laughs> how many interactions with some type of xenomorphic creature? Three. I mean, you had. Uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely. I, I I was the one that you saw the first one like explode out of the dude's head. Yeah, and, like, yeah, no, yeah. I am yeah. firing on. I have a shotgun in my hand. It is yeah. discharged right now. Like, At the, the the end of section one, and I will say one yeah. of my favorite quotes from the entire thing. Uh, after so so the, the end of session one, uh, the the abomination basically peels back Cooper's face, crawls out of his torso, uh, and starts uh, crawling towards Mike. Mike shoots it with the shotgun. Eliminates it, and then looks at the rest of the crew of the Cronus. Anybody else got an effing migraine? <laughs> like, just brilliant. Like, how how do you do anything but yeah, end the session right stuff. there? Nope, we're done. That's it. We're good. It was yeah. a great you know? spot. It was yeah. such yeah. a great spot. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, poor, um, poor Mike. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like, I'm surprised that I didn't get attacked more because after we were on the Cronus, we I got a, a new agenda that was to find more pills for myself, essentially. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to start like looking through everywhere that I can. Oh, there's a med bay on this deck. Well, I'm going to find a way to get away from everybody and go check out this, this other med bay. (laughs) And I'm probably going to get attacked while I'm in there because I'm by myself. My guard is down. Like, etc. So you went into the dark, scary med bay. Yeah. Yeah.
Did you know you could have been listening to this episode two days ago? That's right, because early access to our episodes is only one of the benefits that we offer to our Patreon subscribers. You can get early access to every show, exclusive content, and the opportunity to throw dice with your favorite hosts every month. Right now, we're running a membership drive through the end of November for our first anniversary. If we reach 20 subscribers by that date, we will start a regular live show. And when we get to 25 subscribers, we're going to open our tables for a second Patreon-exclusive game. So if the actual play episodes aren't your thing, you can still join your hosts on the download. For more details, go check www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. And thank you for enjoying the show. You guys gave me the best gift for a horror game that you can give a storyteller. Y'all separated. And so then it's just like, I'm just like, I'm like turning knobs. I'm like, I'm going to play with Steve just a little bit. Just yeah, get him right. on, on the edge. And then let, I'm going to make him sit for 15 minutes and not do anything. And I'm going to play with Mike a little bit. I'm going to t- tweak him just no, Okay, now it's Leron. Okay, here we go. You know, well, and so it's like, yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, but I, I will say one of my favorite bits of atmosphere, like Lou and Aka, you, you, again, uh, you, you do me great compliment by talking about how I do my collaborative world building and why I love it so much. Uh, I will, I will leave you with six words that I think more than uh, in, in a lot of ways set uh, a part of the atmosphere that we could not have recreated. Otherwise interstellar heat passion among the stars. If you remember the romance novels that Kayla yes. liked to read yeah. in her, <laughs> it was Glenn. It was, it was that bit of comedic absurdity that every good horror movie has mm-hmm. that I was just like, how, how did you even come up with that big guy? Cause I'm telling <laughs> like, I'm sitting there thinking like interstellar heat, passion among the stars talking about xen- xenomorphic romance novels. Where did that come from? I don't know the top of my head. Sometimes it's just, sometimes the magic's there, man. Yeah. Good job. I mean, yeah. Good job. To a yeah. degree. Oh, it wasn't completely the top of my head. I mean, a little bit, I was, I, I looking at, at Kayla Rye and she's, kind of bitter and i mean for 23 she's bitter and jaded you know and thinks the world's out to get her and Mm -hmm. she's got a sick brother and you know there's just not a lot about her that's that's like soft at all she is angry bitter tough yeah she needs a softer side and the role-playing the world building collaborative world building challenge that josh gave me was what is kayla's guilty pleasure well the second one yeah the second one. Um, we haven't talked about the first one yet. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. This is the one that played into that. And the guilty yeah. pleasure I chose was that she had a thing for, you know, horribly trashy romance novels. Yeah. And then the rest came off on, off the top of my head. Cause I'm like, but I'm going to need an, I need something and long ass space travel, you know? So interstellar yeah. heat, passion among the stars <laughs> just rolled right amazing. out and landed yeah. on the paper. And there it went. It was amazing. Absolutely. It was amazing. Absolutely. Perfect. So uh, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about this a little bit, Glenn. I, I'm going to, one of the secrets that remained. And again, we talk about the collaborative world building thing. These are the moments that I love when this happens in collaborative world building. So Kayla in her breakout got, a collaborative world building question that she could not share with the rest of the class. And it tied indirectly into Davis's collaborative world building question. So Mm. if you remember Davis's collaborative world building question was that he has, or that she has this scar running down her leg. Right. And her, the question was to go ahead and tell how the, uh, how the scar came about. And, and this, her story basically went that, 
there had been this malfunction. You were you were piloting around. There was some sort of a malfunction in the ship, some sort of an accident. The ship acted incorrectly. Whatever happened, and she wound up getting with this big gnarly scar down her leg. Right. Yep. The question that Kayla could not. Uh, Glenn, do you do you remember this, or do you remember what it was? I do. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and share with the class what your question was? And oh, what I don't remember answer. what the question was. I know what my answer was. So oh, you tell me the so, question because I don't yeah, remember the way the, it was phrased. Uh, so the question that that uh, that Glenn got uh, that he couldn't share with the class is uh, something happened to your character the last time you were moving from one place to another. What was it, and why did you hide it from your crewmates? So okay. the part that I remember is that basically it boils down to uh, I tied it into my financial needs for my kid brother who's sick. And that uh, Kayla, for the last couple of trips, has been slowly using her knowledge of the ship to remove redundant components, mm. smuggle them off the ship, and sell them. Oh. And at that yeah. last stop, she had been selling something, and something did happen. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. that piece of the question. Yeah. But whatever well, happened on the ship may have been yeah. because of a part. May that- have been because, right? <laughs> And so those are the moments that from a collaborative world building point of view that I love is when two players totally independently of one another come up with something that is in, that's inexplicably related and that, and neither player knows it. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't drive it. Those roles were totally randomized. Right. Um, but you know, yeah. so Rye, Rye stealing stuff, you know, that they thought were, you know, redundant parts, nothing serious, but Rye needed to make money, um, you know, and then, uh, but that something happened and, and she had to hide it from everybody else. And, you know, couldn't tell Liron who uh, Liron and, and Kayla were very close. Um, right. And she knew she was uh, responsible for the accident. In yeah. The end too. And then in the same, in the same breath, Davis is talking about how there had been some weird manufacturing ma- malfunction with the ship uh, that had caused her to get this gigantic scar down her leg as a storyteller i'm just sitting back there i'm like oh this is this is they don't even know like they it's one of those things like in the session zero when when, when you guys get the chance to listen to that you'll hear uh that it's like you can just hear those two bits talking to each other and i'm like oh man this is amazing <laughs> were you just like clapping over there and everything well, it's, i'm glad it's, we could feed you that that nicely oh it's it's oh, those that's, moments that's that I live for. It's those moments that I live for as a storyteller. Really, is that, that when two players do things totally independent of one another that they don't even know that they did, and just as the back, you're just like, oh man, like it's too bad that you know, it's too bad that they're never going to find this out because they're both going to wind up dead. Like that's. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, you mentioned it earlier too when you're talking about that uh, that golden ticket thing we uh, gave you guys, ticket. or we gave you as the storyteller, oh, right? Yeah, when you separated up into four, yeah. basically four. Different Honestly, parties. oh yeah, I really yeah. feel like that's what the characters would have done, like in any uh-huh. horror movie you've ever seen. We're playing into it. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. we think we're good on the ship for the most part. So why wouldn't we split up and do stuff? And I really felt like Wilson would probably either be a up in the uh, pilot house or the, yeah. the, the, uh, the um, no, I thought he would be somewhere in control or the control room or mm. in, over in mother because he would be telling people what to do. Cause he's yeah. a douche. And then, I- uh, what, what was one of the things that's fabulous, and that definitely comes across in uh, in the audio, Steve, um, is that Wilson has no idea what he's doing. Oh right? yeah, no, that there are periods when he's like, no, he's like, Liron, I need you to go there. No, no, wait, no, Liron, don't go there. Go there. No, no, Davis, you go there. It's like it's like it's clear that like that's how I knew that like again as I'm as I'm kind of running the game, it's one of those moments running the game where it's like, nope. I've got them because I'm mm-hmm. in Wilson's head. And once I knew that I was in your head, I was like, oh, the rest of them are screwed. Like this is this, ain't nobody getting out of this. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, no, it's, I, I wanted to, because I yeah, wanted him did. to seem like he was, a, he thought he was bigger. Like he wanted everybody else to think he is like 
honestly before shot, getting yeah. in trouble yeah like i took it from a lot of like supervisors <laughs> and managers that we i'm sure we've all had in our lives <laughs> no. and it's like where they they got into their position and they really are not qualified at all and i wanted to be like that as much as possible so i would constantly contradict hard. myself ask a lot of but what does that look like oh yeah no. why when i shot the other corporate liaison i was like i couldn't have her making good decisions over there and i was like well <laughs> I'm going to do somewhere yeah. stupid. Let's do it in mother because that's, mm. that's, there's a yeah, lot yeah. of important equipment there. So if I screw this yeah. up, it's only going <laughs> yeah. to end well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that speaks to what every good horror film is really trying to do. The best way to bring on an audience <laughs> is to have universal themes. So what's the one thing yeah. that every person mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. ever had a job or a couple of jobs, everybody's always worked for one at least. Some of us who've been in the military, maybe more than one or 14 bosses (laughs) that are, shall we say, not high speed, you know, managerial challenge. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, I have worked for, I have worked for some amazing officers, amazing, like top flight, good, good people, amazing leaders. I have also worked for some officers that quite honestly needed every private in my company to help them figure out which way was left and which way was right. Uh, You know, (laughs) that's just my experience. Right. And I find universally, at least among enlisted men, that's a relatively true statement, but there's all, everybody's Mm -hmm. got a story like that. Everybody's worked for that one person who got their position, God knows how, but they're there now. And you're like, I just got to get through the day with this dude. I just got to get through the day. <laughs> you just got to get through bit. the six-month flight with me. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of these things where because every one of us, or nearly every one of us, has that experience, we can relate. So mm-hmm. many people are the grunt, crying real hard, just wants to make sure everybody's taken care of. They can relate. Everybody can relate to, you know, or so many people can relate to being that person who's a bit, press like so many things are going on that they they're just trying to struggle to survive or people can relate to being the 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 person who's got talent and skill and all those things but has those challenges that are on the outside that are kind of holding them back or driving them down the wrong path that's what horror movies do very very well if they're designed well which is they give you a bunch of characters so that in your friend group of five six or ten Everybody has a character they can relate to. So everybody mm-hmm. has an in to this that kind of brings them into the to the story. And I think for whatever reason, we all found ways because of our life experiences to play these characters, whether they were elements of ourselves or elements of people or situations we've seen or some combination thereof. It, it, it's basically playing into those things, mixing together so many different kinds of tropes that no one character was specifically a trope while they contain those elements that people could recognize. And the other reason you got to have that many people in a horror movie is so that they can all die for your (laughs) entertainment. And we went in expecting that as well. We were going to throw ourselves on the sword for you. Yeah. Probably maybe three quarters of the decisions that I made throughout the course of our, our gaming together, I knew was a bad idea. Yeah. Like I, as Michael, I'm like, yeah, this is a terrible idea to do in this situation. But I yeah. think Leah is absolutely going to do this right now. Um, so 
at the what, going into a medical room with a bunch of people with headaches and a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an just, aliens movie? No way. Or an alien setting? Yeah. Just early on. It's I mean, we had, yeah, totally. We had just crossed into the Kronos and you know, Glenn knows that we're going into a ship playing an aliens game, but we're trying to repressurize the ship and the hatch is damaged. So Ryan, that was one of the most terrifying moments to start sealing up the hatch. Our only escape. And I'm sitting there going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Am I really doing this? Yeah. It's what she'd do. Uh, Right. Totally. And I, I've got to say like, that singular decision, because so uh, unfortunately, so this was in the second episode though, and you weren't able to to make it. What you missed uh, for that episode that was directly impacted by the fact that you guys welded the hatch shut is that um, as part of a special order nine sixty six, Mother on Kronos triggered the self destruct sequence on the Montero. Oh, so we did that. We caused uh, that self destruct oh, uh, by, oh, no, no, by no, stealing no, no, the hatch. No. Well, Mo- I, Mother did it. In, Mother did it independently. You guys, you guys. It was all part of Order 966. You guys didn't do anything. That was actually yeah. part of the written plot that, oh, yeah, by the way, the Kronos is going to trigger the self-destruct sequence on 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 the Montero. Oh, so oh, me gosh. saying it didn't did, trigger it? No, you didn't. No, you didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, thank no. Christ. Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> I, was, I, was body on my... I was wondering if Wilson yeah. knew that they nope. could potentially cause that. Okay. Yep. Nope. Steve nope. definitely didn't did know, did. and Wilson right. for sure as hell didn't know. Well, so that was like one of the written plot points uh, in the module is that the Kronos will trigger the self-destruct sequence on the Montero. It's basically as a device to go ahead and get players, like if if the party gets separated and only half went to the Kronos or whatever like that, it's basically a device to get everybody (laughs) off the Montero onto the Kronos. That is the entire reason why it's in the module. Right. Unfortunately, um, the captain yeah. couldn't come with us. And the captain couldn't come with you. Exactly. Right. So yeah. you've got Captain Miller, who's an NPC at this point, on the Montero, and you guys have welded the hatch shut. Right. And so I've got like this 10 minute countdown playing. Right. I've got I've, like, and this was, there are certain that so things horrible. that I look at, like, if, if I can like pat my own back, it's like just like having the, the, ta- the countdown go um, uh, so that you guys, 10. And then after a minute or two, nine. And so mm-hmm. you know that it's counting down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then so like with like two or three minutes left like you know miller is at the gate and she's like banging on the door and cham is trying to unweld it and like it's that there's that moment where they share the share the eyes and miller's like this isn't gonna work we don't have time you've got to let me go uh like i was telling, talking to liwanika after that like <laughs> i you. loved and- i loved breaking liwanika's heart at that moment but hated breaking Lyron's. <laughs> like i could cause I, like like just the the pathos of knowing like my captain oh yeah. that was you know was that was that no, right before, wait to was that before or after <laughs> rye died uh, found so Rye's Rye was, body. Rye was dead at this point. He had found Rye's yeah, body. Yeah, he had already found it. Yeah, <laughs> found Rye at the beginning of that session, he and right. then the end of that session was the, <laughs> he had the to self-destruct. Watch the captain died yeah. too. Yeah, poor yeah. champ, man. Oh, yeah, that was a yeah. rough, rough session for the kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, golly. Yeah. <sighs> All right, I'd love to go around the room for final thoughts here, and then I've got some final thoughts on kind of uh, uh, on free league and everything like that. So, um, uh, Mike, let's start with you. F- final thoughts on on the experience or whatever you want to want to We talked about so many great things tonight, and it's just like, is there anything that we have not brought up that I felt like absolutely needed to be said? But yeah, like I mean, honestly, every, everything about the experience was fantastic. I loved the the dice pool system um, and how that was unique. Well, not maybe not unique to this game, but very different from a lot of games that I've played. I never uh, played you know, anything. You have like, yeah. like 
you know, slow, uh, a low level or like low numbers on your stats, right? And you're kind of adding those up and using that many die to just roll all of those die. And it's not very often that like as a low level character, you get to roll like handfuls of D6. (laughs) (laughs) That was just so enjoyable. Um, But also the like the randomness that that brought up was really great as well, because, you know, you have, okay, well, I've got eight dice that I'm rolling and all of a sudden I'm not rolling any successes now. And like, how did that possibly happen? So like, I have this nice dichotomy of I'm trying to accomplish something. The dice are not in my favor in a statistically anomalous way. And if I push it, then I'm going to stress myself out, which can make worse things happen. So (laughs) there was a lot on the line just by like those small decisions that you make throughout the game, which was really great. Cool. Um, and again, just like for everybody here was, was so fantastic to, to play with all of you. We had really great, like interpersonal dynamics, Josh with amazing storytelling. Yeah, it was, it was just, just such a blast. And Thanks. and again, thank you all so much for inviting me to, yeah, to be a part of this and, and hang out with you guys and, and play some games with you. It was great. Absolutely. Uh, Glenn, go ahead. Sorry. I, I know you were, you said something in the middle there and we lost it. So yeah, this was a blast. I mean, playing with this caliber of player and the caliber of storytelling and uh, putting this together from the cinematic perspective and everybody leaning into it to try to tell a good story together uh, was fantastic because that, that I think really came out, that everybody came in, you know, they trying to tell a good story. That's why we were getting into our characters and trying to make everybody work. And uh, it, it came through in the episode I was in and it sounds like it continued throughout and I cannot wait to listen to it. I'm glad I waited until after tonight so that I could hear firsthand about stuff and be kind yeah. of surprised by it. Um, but I'm very excited to go, uh, go listen to the rest of the yeah. shenanigans that happened after yeah. poor Rye died. <laughs> Excellent. Poor Rye. Uh, yep. But who's going to take uh, care of her little brother now? <laughs> uh, I mean, half for could, I suppose, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, and, and man, you know, with, with Rye dying, the one thing that we didn't talk about was how close, Rye dying uh, almost led to Lyron dying because, like you, you are correct that of course there was something in the uh, in the vent there, um, and uh, you know, like when you had when your headlamp shined on the distant wall and you saw basically like the roaches scatter against the back wall there. If you'd continued down there and turned the corner, you would have come face to face with another abomination that probably would have eaten you, um, or at least infected you, um, and then you would have been in my pocket. So you know, there's that. Um, <laughs> Uh, Liwanika, what, what else you got for, for final thoughts here? So I loved the way this group did yes and. We were amazing at improving and playing and handing off to one another, uh, letting each other's moments really be moments. I think everybody really had those moments. I mean, there was moments in that first episode where Rye kind of went off on Wilson and Steve, you kind of let her have her say before you retorted, where in some games, even if there was an attempt to try to do that, it would have been a little more back and forth-ish and nobody would have had that peace. Like, we got to have those quotable moments. And I love the fact that everybody had those quotable moments and that we were all willing to allow these scenes to breathe. Um, that was like really my first big takeaway. And we've done uh, a number of actual plays. We've recorded another one uh, that's going to be coming out at some point in the near future where Mike, you're able to join us. And I know we're going to do more in the future where Steve, you're going to continue to join us. And I just absolutely love 
uh, role playing with you guys. And um, that's yeah. just if I can run with this crew forever, I'll be a happy, happy yeah. man. Yeah, well, both <laughs> of them, both of them will have to come you know, back and join us. It, yeah, no, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's just a damn fact. It was so much fun, uh, and, and we did some things that I think were just really spectacular. Uh, I will also go on to say that, ladies and gentlemen, and all of our audiences, please understand, you're going to hear a lot of sound effects, voiceovers, and things like that. That's not post-production. Josh had that stuff in the actual gameplay. It was amazing. When he asked us to turn down the lights, and then there's a countdown going, or a klaxon sounding, all these things. When you guys turned on the computer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was like... Like, there were moments where I was, was legitimately like, what the F is happening right now? You know, and, and, yep. and yeah. I think that I cannot undersell how much that added to the atmosphere and the mood of the game. It was that cool. Um, we were blessed with a great little musical interlude that really added to the character I played, thanks to a uh, friend of Tabletop Journey's show, Mr. Dave. Mr. Yeah. Dave. Thank you very much, thanks, Dave, Mr. Dave, for that, that bit. That was brilliant. I l- one, absolutely love the song. Can't wait for it to be out full-fledged so everybody in the whole world can hear it beyond just the the piece we used within this episode. Everything about this was fun. Like, I love it. The system, clean, easy, fast to learn. This is the perfect one-shot game. You've got a group, couple, yeah. maybe one or two people don't show up, play this game. You will have a blast. Uh, run it campaign style and play it every so often. Pick a holidays once a quarter. Run your aliens game or something like that. This is a really really <laughs> good game. You know we did some amazing things, but that doesn't mean that other people at other tables anywhere in the world can't also do amazing things. In fact, it proves that it can be done at other tables all around the world. And I just really think that I think that's my final thought. Take a game like this, go get it, go 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 play this game, love this game like we do, and uh, your hobby life will be that much better. I will uh, I will share with you a little bit of the game within the game. Uh, so you mentioned when the computer on the Kronos fired up, I mean I had that can sound of the klaxon that would go off when the computer started up. That was entirely designed to scare the crap out of you guys as players. You're absolutely <laughs> right. That was by design. That's why I did that. Um, but even beyond that, I, I remember starting to set that up five or ten minutes before it actually happened, where you know I would just I would start talking quieter and then turning my microphone down because what I wanted to do is I wanted you as players to kind of have to get pulled in a little bit and really start to focus so that when all of a sudden when the lights and the sounds and everything started going off that I, I could I could startle you guys because you guys were acting at such a high level. You guys were so in character at that moment. I knew that the reactions that I would get from your characters by scaring you as players was that that, that, that was exactly what I wanted and exactly what I needed. So that, that little bit of the game within the game was was actually – that was a lot of fun to put together to try to decide, like, what sounds did I want to bring in? Like, how did I want the countdown to run? You know, all that sort of stuff. So Masterfully done, though. I mean, it was well, great. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And Using I that mean, master's degree for, for good use. Yeah, so. <laughs> right? And that jump scare totally, like, seriously amped up the anticipation. You know? Yeah. So absolutely. it definitely yeah. impacted the characters. And I bet it's going to impact the audience in the same way because they're going to be drawn in by that same I quiet. hope so. 
that's the point. All right, Steve, final thoughts, please. Uh, yeah, first thought, uh, screw you, Josh, for making me go last on this. Uh, how do I follow yeah. up after all these good you know, responses and final thoughts? It, it was it was it was a great game and it's a blast to play. And I have such an urge to play it again. And I, I, I definitely got to get props to everybody. Uh, even after even though we got the one game with Glenn. I was during the session. I got heated. I got mad when his character would get heated at me and get uh, get snippy with me. And I'm like, my bad. You stay in your place. And I'm like, Glenn, you and I are going to have words after this. Good sir. And, but it was fun. It was fun to get heated up about that. I'm like, oh, he's playing his character, but screw you, yeah. sir. And you know, my but, bad. No, you're, it was a blast. It was perfect. Yeah. That was, it was. But that was. The session was it, it was it was fun to get into character. And I think that what's if I could really sell the one shots here for the alien RPG is they very much well balanced the characters to either so play good, in yeah. to, to play together and but to also be able to have conflict with each other. In the when you're talking about rolling stress dice, you get stress about getting stress dice. You're yes, like, man. <laughs> right. um, and you get to you put it so that, eloquently, Steve. That's yeah, exactly right. what I was trying to say, and you just yeah. laid it out there for uh, me. Yeah. So thank you. Like, I just it was neat to re- what I really liked about doing my character was his strongest thing was manipulation. Yeah. Like I got eight dice right off the bat without getting the stress, and if I got into a situation where I thought I was going to die, I could just run up ahead. And do my, I'd take a stress for it, but I could get to roll my manipulation. So if the the whole situation where we were running down the hallway and you decide <laughs> to stop, if I was going to get in danger, I was going to manipulate the situation, push you into whatever, and then <laughs> keep going on my way. It, it gave me those yeah. options to play that character. Like, okay, I am designed to be not a nice guy, and they set it up so well. It, this this is I, and we've been selling this all night about how much fun this was and i'm not going to beat a dead horse here but it really was it was such a blast so easy to get into it can be yep. daunting when you look at it first even watching like intro videos like how to play it can be daunting but once you know how to play this is such a cupcake game to play it's so easy to get into and it's so much fun i'm prone to and i like to throw out these grand ideas that occur to me on the spot as we wrap these things up which josh may or may not hate me for um because they, ne- they never know what's coming i don't tell them these things in advance no uh, but that's okay because he'll just cut it out completely and the audience may never hear it <laughs> but to put it before the 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 panel so to speak it was so much fun and we've all talked about it so much and i've had so much with the the fun with the collaboration and the crossover it suddenly occurred to me that with as much fun as we had, if we recruited one more podcast with similar mm-hmm. inclinations, we'd have a party of four and a storyteller to play test or check out any game we wanted. And we could do like a yeah. regular crossover thing once yeah. a quarter or something, picking a new system, different I'm kind not of against runs. That. No, totally. I'd say Absolutely. once a month, but that'd be a lot of production. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> this was. There's uh, my final play. thoughts. Yeah. That yeah. sucked. Nine to like eleven thirty midnight every night oh, once yeah. a week. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I'm already awake at that time, so it wasn't right. It wasn't oh, especially when so I spent much. those two and a half hours trying to terrify the crap out of you. So it's like yeah. you know, you're up to like two o'clock in the morning, like the aliens are going to eat my face. Like oh god. Yeah, I mean I. Uh, so Glenn, I, I'm absolutely in on that. First of all, I would love to go ahead and actually be on like the other side of the screen with you guys at some point here. That'd be awesome. I know, like Mike, right. we've we've played the we've been able to play uh, the other uh, AP that we've been talking about. Um, that's been a tremendous amount of fun. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. hundred percent. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I really um, dig all the, cl- the collaborative crossovers to other podcasts. We bring it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Um, and Steve, just to also uh, add on to what you were saying there, like about the system and the module, Free League Publishing really has written an excellent game and module here. Like it is, it is absolutely fabulous. And the, the nicest thing about kind of the way that the module is written is like, we talked about how like, you know, like, the computer on the Kronos is going to trigger the uh, the explosion sequence on the Montero and stuff like that. There were probably 50 different prompts throughout all three acts of the mission that could happen. And some of them were like, nope, this one has to happen because if you, because the, the easiest narrative arc through these three acts happens if you hit these seven things. But there were easily 40 other ones that, like, yeah, this could happen. You know, like maybe, maybe someone finds a synth in the hallway. Maybe, you know, maybe one of the player characters is secretly a synth and doesn't know it. Maybe, you know, like all these different things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like there, there were a lot of things that could have happened. Um, and some of them did and some of them didn't. And, and that's all fine. But the, the amount, of um, you know, we talked about this uh, when uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked to the guy that put out the the, the Feywild Companion book. When Jimmy from Splinterverse put out the Feywild Companion book, how much care was taken in that book? The amount of care that was put together in, in by Free League building this module and building these characters and building this game was a plus. It was fan freaking. Oh, it was straight up TLC. The the system was so agile. It wasn't even just light. The agility was fantastic. And so, you know, uh, we found this on, uh, found this news. uh, So actually, first of all, just to go ahead and say that um, I have been in touch with Free League uh, and they are very excited about us putting out this actual play for them. Shut up. So so we'll see, uh, we'll see if maybe we can get some, get some attention from that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd I'd written them because, uh, you know, being, uh, they've actually, they, uh, unfortunately, my email went to their spam folder, so they didn't see it for a couple of weeks. Uh, but I asked them, like, can, 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 can we use like art from the game? Are you okay? Are you okay with us doing this? You know, like those sorts of questions that you kind of like. Sometimes as podcasters, we look the other way for those kind of right, questions. Right, right. You know, right. um, no, we never look away from those questions. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which one of us is the federal employee? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, but they they wrote back and they said, "Yes, this sounds fantastic. We can't wait. Please use the art. It'd be great." Um, um, which makes which makes my, my inner copyright heart feel a little lighter this morning. So there's there's that first of all. So they're excited, which is great. Um, and uh, today was an article put out that they are now in production of a game based on Blade Runner. So another kind of uh, post uh, post apocalyptic futuristic setting. I think that there'll be more conversation about that as that one comes up here. I think uh, I think the three of us were kind of split a little bit on whether or not Blade Runner was necessarily our IP or not. I, I, I've just I've never been a Blade Runner guy, but I love the game system that these folks these guys are coming out with. So I'm intrigued to see uh, see what's going on there. Um, I, I volunteer as tribute. You know, yeah, I'm totally. down. You know, yeah, I, I, I like Blade Runner. Totally. Yeah, I, I love Blade Runner. I love cyberpunk in general. So oh, uh, excellent. Yeah. So I guess Mike's running the next one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, yeah. it sounds like yeah. I, get to, I get to be the storyteller this time. So yeah. You know what I'm going to pitch, Josh? Don't I you? love Blade Runner. Well, no. I absolutely love Blade Runner, saying, and can't wait. I'm interested to see their take. It, it's one of these situations where I'm interested to see how they take the game, like what they do to make mm-hmm. that to yep. make that work. I, I, I'm really, I think that would be really cool. But it will be really so hard not to it, try to mimic Roger Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. If they do if half they do. as good with Blade Runner as they did with Alien, it's going to be a stellar game. 
It's yeah. going to be even mm-hmm. like I, I'm not a, oh, a Blade yeah. Runner fan. Like it's not my it's not my forte. It's not my genre. However, yep. I enjoyed this, and I know if it's half as good as that, I will yep. thoroughly enjoy this. I, I also love Cyber. Like Shadowrun is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Mike, you were saying about, but the but the 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 thing with Shadowrun is that especially when you get into like decking and everything like that, like the rule system just gets so complicated. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if yeah. they can Sh- keep- Shadow run is a yeah. mess and everyone does. It's, it's yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful disaster, but yeah. um, uh, man, if they can keep the agility of this alien system, when they bring out uh, a cyberpunk game, mm. Chef's kiss. I we can am, also. Uh, I mean, in. well, maybe we should just get together and play Cyberpunk Red because that is a fantastic system, and I, mean, I can talk about it all day. I mean, we literally did three episodes about it on our first season, and I I'll have to check, didn't I'll have to get check to say nice. didn't get to say enough about it. So okay, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> wow. that's, uh, that's, um, maybe- I think uh, I think that is everything, uh, man. There's probably a million other things that we could say, uh, but we could talk uh, for hours. Say, hours yeah. Th- thank you all <laughs> so very much for uh, for going with me down this little uh, this little uh, excursion into uh, deep space where nobody can hear you scream. Uh, no, the rabbit uh, hole's been great, Alice. I've had a great time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, hope you have checked out the mini series, and hope you you will hear from the five of us uh, and potentially more. Uh, Again soon. So, well, maybe not soon, but again. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you all, gentlemen. I appreciate you taking some time out tonight thank to go ahead you. and get this done. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. You can join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. And make sure you join our growing online community. You can follow us on Twitter at TT Journeys and join us on Facebook just by searching Tabletop Journeys there. You can also reach us by email at podcast at ttjourneys.com. And if you want to catch early access to our episodes and some of the other benefits we have coming down the pipeline, you can also support our production at patreon.com slash ttjourneys. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, Audible, or any other podcast platform, we would really appreciate if you would like and subscribe to the podcast. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays and every Wednesdays. We'll feature our SideQuest series where we talk about pretty much anything tabletop oriented. Thank you all so much for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.